In the Christian community, I believe we are experiencing what I call biblical cognitive dissonance. <clears throat> Why say that and just what this dissonance is will all be explained in the latest edition of God's News in the News. Well, thank you for joining us once again for another edition of God's News in the News. Current events, biblical perspective, and a little bit of things I need to tell you. You've heard them before. What are the three things you need to do? Like, share, and subscribe. I should have had that up here, but I am obviously without an engineer, or at least one that's right with me. I've got an engineer in training. I won't tell you who it is, but uh, he's watching right now and seeing how much I scrambled <laughs> to get all this done in time. You know, no matter how much I do in retirement, I think I got all the time in the world and it always ends up being crunch time. Eventually, I'm going to figure this out and adjust my day accordingly. But like, share and subscribe. That'll get this where it needs to go to the people it needs to get to to hear and see and change by it. I may get more haters than followers from this, but like, share and subscribe. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> now, what am I talking about today as I struggle with my throat? <clears throat> Gotta love all that Canadian smoke in the air here. Those of you in Wisconsin and other places uh, in the Northeast know what I'm talking about. The title of this uh, lesson is Biblical Cognitive Dissonance. Those of you that are in the know on psychology know what cognitive dissonance is. I'm creating a term just for this lesson. So where are we going to start here since i am the only one doing this stuff i got to be the one showing all these things yeah the other miller light what in the world am i talking about here so uh with a wink and a nod to trying to be clever that would be me whether we drink beer or not we are aware of the beer brand beer brand of miller light and if you're as old as i am not going to tell you you remember all the commercials about that in the 1970s. You can always look them up if you want to. Some of this will be a trip down memory lane as it was for me. One of their catchphrases was, everything you wanted in a beer and less. And believe it or not, that cute ad line fits our lesson now. The things I do to make a point. You see, a lot of people who call themselves Christians are wanting to be called, uh, wanting to be called one, but are believing less about the Bible than they should. And... Um, Case in point are the Millerites from 1843 to 1844. This leader, this leader, Mr. William William Miller, uh, was a Baptist preacher. He studied prophecy and concluded that Jesus was returning on March 21st of 1843. No, you don't have to check your calendar. He didn't come back then. Well, then he went back and studied prophecy and concluded that Jesus was returning, was returning on March 21st. Excuse me. His prediction got the attention of over 100,000 followers, appropriately dubbed Millerites. According to history, anyone who wanted to meet Jesus sold all their possessions and moved to the mountains, presumably to be closer to him when he returned. Yeah, about that blind logic. Anyway, though, uh, of course, that date came and went with no return, and many of these followers went back to their lives. Others tried to stay true and hoped that Miller would explain the error. So a more refined interpretation. So Miller went back to the drawing board. Who knows where he got this from? But Miller did indeed recalculate the return date to uh, uh, October 22nd of 1844, which, too, was not correct. As the old saying goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And the movement that Miller started essentially fizzled 
but uh, not once, but twice, except for the remnant who went on to explain what really happened on October 22nd, as summarized this, by this quote from the website gotquestions.org. It says this, Later Adventists attempted to save face concerning the great disappointment by reinterpreting the prophecies upon which Miller had determined his dates. Rather than being the time of Jesus' return to earth, they said October 1844 was the start of Jesus' final atoning work. According to the remnant, as they recalled, it was when Jesus entered the whole most holy place in the heavenly sanctuary to begin judging who would be saved, his final action before his second coming. Now, these people went on to become Seventh-day Adventists, if you want to know who they are now. Um, I don't know if anybody are going to, going to admit to this uh, William Miller thing, but that's who they are now. So, And, of course, if you want to go to their church, you got to be there on Saturday. Sunday, they are not there. So, anyway, that isn't a little of a sign. All of this confusion, though, could have been avoided had they read their Bibles closer, especially when Jesus found those people living just before a second coming to not date set, as this verse in Matthew 24 says. This is in the English Standard Version. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. That's Matthew 24, 36. If they'd have read that part of the Bible, they'd have figured it out. You can't know that date. It's going to come, and it's going to be here. You can't know the day of the hour. And I know some people are saying, but you can know the month of the year. No, folks. When it means no one knows, it means no one knows. So you basically have to be ready, period. However, you see, they accepted these people. I'm going to tie it all together here. You see, they accepted a quote-unquote Miller Lite version of Scripture. But there's another reason I brought that ugly chapter in Christian history up. What could that possibly be? And that I believe biblical dissonance is on the rise. There are a lot of weird, bizarre, but mostly unbiblical things going around these days, and one could say that those promoting them are the false prophets mentioned in the various Olivet Discourses, which, while I can make a case for them, my focus in more on, is more on those of who are listening and even believing such foolhardy theories like aliens who are really aliens are real and from other planets and the fallen angels can actually procreate. Why does this happen? It could be because of a term I am coining officially as of today. Mark your calendars, June 27th, right about uh, would be 7:07 uh, Central Daylight Time. Did I document it well enough? I don't care. Uh, a term called biblical cognitive dissonance. So now to understand this term, we need to know a term developed by a Dr. Leon Festinger, who was an American social psychologist who originated the theory of cognitive dissonance. According to an article about this belief from Psychology Today, cognitive dissonance is defined this way. When someone tells a lie and feels uncomfortable about it because he fundamentally sees himself as an honest person, he may be experiencing cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Say that three times. That is, there is mental discord related to a contradiction between one thought, in this case knowing he did something wrong, and another thinking that he is honest. Interestingly, Fessinger used as one of his examples in the book on the very subject, the people, the Millerites, I told you about. See, I'm connecting the dots. I'm getting there. So, all right, <clears throat> now I'm going to mention a phrase that probably you have heard nobody seems to know is a Chinese proverb, French proverb, who, English, Irish, whatever. Uh, I know I first heard it. Why am I even going down this road? When uh, Scotty on the Inter Star Trek Enterprise mentioned it in an episode. Um, but uh, again, I digress. 
interestingly enough, uh, Scotty is the only person to wear a red shirt in the original series that didn't die. Boy, that was a strange rabbit to follow. Anyway, getting back to my point. So Fessinger mentioned the Millerites as, a, as an example in his book about cognitive dissonance. So getting back to that about fool me, uh, fool me twice stuff. According to the same article from Psychology Today, Fessinger felt that doomsday cults exhibited this condition. Uh, going back to that same article, it says psychologist Leon Fessinger published the book A Theory of Cognitive Dissonance in 1957. Among the examples he used to illustrate the theory were doomsday cult members and their explanations for why the world had not ended as they had anticipated. Many experiments have since been conducted to illustrate cognitive dissonance in more ordinary contexts. Now, is it a coincidence that he turned to these Millerites for an example? Probably so. Um, but he has a point. One, I think we need to explore one that we are in the prophetic, we in the prophetic community are being accused of doing as well. Now, they're not calling us, uh, being accusing us of biblical cognitive dissonance, but in, in, in reality, it's kind of what it boils down to. So, um, sure, I can find examples of all sorts of quote unquote biblical theories that have been proven to be untrue, many of which are these date setters concerning both the rapture and the second coming. However, the examples I will cite, I will cite now may not make some of you happy. So let's dig in here. Here I go. All right. Julie Green and King Charles. Yep, I went there. Before I go any further, I am a huge Julie Green fan, and I believe she hears from God daily, along with being a genuinely nice woman, one who loves Jesus with all her heart. I believe she is pure there. Her exhortations for the body of Christ make her a special minister in my book. That being said, she did say that God told her that Prince Charles would not get the crown, and yet he did. She also mentioned that Trump would be back in the White House in 2022. To be fair, she isn't the only person to say that God told her these things. And to also be fair, there are a ton of words she's been given that are being fulfilled as we speak. So if you're going to go and, I mean, I'm sure you're going to call up Julie Green or get her on a message board and say, hey, look, that Dave Sisty guy that interviewed you twice, yeah, he's, he's ditzing you now. I am not. Be fair and be and just give the actually tell her to email me. I'll talk to her about it. What I'm getting to is uh, there are people like uh, Manuel Johnson explicitly said he literally traveled in time to 2022 and said that Trump was the president when he asked a person about it. Now, uh, to be fair to Manuel Johnson, I can also say he did say that all the masks would be gone. They were and they still are. I just had a medical procedure yesterday in a hospital that the last time I went there, I had to wear masks the whole way through. This time, not a mask in sight except by the nurses. That is difference, and that he got right. But when he asked somebody on the street who's the president, and they looked at him, you know, like, what, what's the matter with you? It's Trump. Well, we're in 2023, folks. I don't see him in the White House. I, I wish I did. Trust me. I wish I did. Anyway, also, Emmanuel Johnson explicitly said that he, let, he did that. Uh, I don't need to cite more examples to make my point. To some, if we explain these words away, we are just being we are being just as cognitively dissonant as the Millerites who saw one prediction not come to pass and who saw another one and still explained it away. My question is, are we being biblically cognitively dissonant by still believing that Trump will still be our president again before the 24 elections in spite of evidence to the contrary? So not going to stay too much in there, but I'm trying to make my point which is this is also happening in more than prophecy. 
I must say this biblical dissonance tends to be more tends to more than uh, tends extends to more than prophecy, although this part of the Bible lends itself to that happening. So the cessationists, you know, are out in spades. Cessationists are those people who uh, believe the gifts uh, ended uh, once the church was established uh, by the apostle. Paul. So once the book of Acts ended, there are no more gifts. They're not coming out. They're not being used. The prophecy gifts, uh, the, I mean, the gifts of the spirit, the office of the prophet, the office of, uh, I think they even say the office of an apostle, no longer needed. And they're coming out in spades right now. I think I'm going to mention that statement. Anyway, though, um, the cessationists are out in space. See, it's read the very next sentence. <laughs> no, I wasn't being prophetic. I wrote this. The cessationists are out in spades these days, taking aim at those crazy Pentecostals and Charismatics and all their tongue-talking and words of knowledge and, of course, prophetic words. These critics leave out the prophecies in the books of Joel and Acts and somehow contort the Apostle Paul's words to the Corinthians, where he says he talks in tongues more than, uh, I think he says more than you all, uh, or more than all of them. I could extend my argument to those who misquote verses that support their arguments that one has to be baptized to be saved or even have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved. The same can be said about those who uh, believe we're going through the tribulation based on misreading of verses, confusing persecution and wrath. I could go into that in a lot of detail. I talked about all those beliefs and those feelings about the rapture for 12 consecutive weeks uh, when I taught about the, the book of Revelation. I somewhat digress. As I mentioned earlier, somehow saying, somehow saying that ancient aliens had relations with women in Genesis 6 to create human-alien hybrids ranks up there with more of this dissonance. And uh, they call them now, to be fair, many of them say they're really demons. Um, uh, I, I can see that, but uh, no, no, angels don't have the ability to procreate. I don't care how deep you go into it. I don't care how many degrees you have after your name. You got more degrees than the thermometer and divinity and Bible scholarship. I don't read in scripture that it happens. But the point is this we should know better, but we are light, quote unquote, on scripture and even double down when shown that these beliefs are not right. What are we to do? Did you hear that motorcycle go by? Yeah, I got the windows open. Anyway, though, here's what you need to do study the Bible for all it's worth. That's what I'm telling you. I can tell you, double and triple down on your Bible understanding, and don't be afraid to scrutinize those you support, especially in the prophetic realm as we are being beaten down daily on social media and in pulpits all across the globe. If someone, quote-unquote, misses it, don't throw them under the bus, but pray for them and those that are their godly counsel. All right? <clears throat> Extend mercy to them because they are quite literally putting their lives and reputations on the line. These people are going out there and they're saying these things because they believe God told them, and I think that God did tell the majority of them that. There are some false ones out there, but I can get into that a little bit later. Mostly the ones that are uh, that are missing it, uh, they're probably they're good people. They just need to find out why their, their, their views are clouded. Um, however, what I'm trying to say is when these things happen, we need to give them some room. So uh, extend mercy to them because they are quite literally putting their lives and reputations on the line. And don't not apologizing for saying that twice. It's true. Let things play out if they get an update from God on why, say, Trump isn't back in the Oval Office or King Charles went from Prince Charles with that crown. These prophets are right so many times, and the few times they err should be given to God to uh, to be corrected. And if if they were truly off, so uh, I, I don't. I'm not going to tell you that somebody that uh, is willing and open to hear from God can miss it. 
because of a lot of things. But I say give them over to the school of prophets. There are those out there like that. Cindy Jacobs has one. Uh, and let them uh, figure it out. Let them go down that road. I'm not going to. I should I should stay away from diverting off to this topic. But uh, false prophets in Deuteronomy and other places, especially Deuteronomy, uh, those are the ones that are trying to deceive the people, the children of Israel. When you go into those lands, those are the ones you put to death. Because even though, and I can tell you this, if you read the words, they oftentimes get it right and then use that um, use that attention and that confidence to lead the people astray. But that was in their hearts to begin with. These people are not doing that. They're not trying to deceive anybody. They literally are wanting to see the body of Christ be whole and to be prepared. And so something got in there. We don't know what it is, a, a, a bias toward this or other, but they should take care of that. Pray for them. Let these prophets work deal with each other. And also pray for them that God will will speak to them. Holy Spirit, you can He can speak to them at any point in time. I almost started going to a prayer there. Hmm. Anyway, um, in their hearts they are pure and they aren't trying to deceive us. Flock, so give them room to grow in their office. In the cases of biblical errancy, give these ministers over to the same God and make sure you aren't off as well. There you go. Look in the mirror. Uh, take care of that log in your eye first and then allow him to give the ability to you to address the speck in the, these other eyes. Now, when I talk about speck, the, the, the example given there is you've got bigger things to deal with. Do those first and then go to them. Uh, some people think, well, it's just a speck. Well, some of these are pretty big specks. Uh, so don't take the example too far. Uh, so anyway, though, in some cases, the overall example fits, but those quote unquote specks can be mighty big in the end. But uh, the Bible is clear. Take care of your life, get your house in order, and go from there. So, God will sort these things out. Another bit of wisdom here. On this point, I offer some advice on how to address individuals in errant biblical interpretations. First, pray. Then pray some more. Then pray a whole lot more. Let Holy Spirit give you words to pray, and then, and only then, let God give you the freedom to address any of these issues, and especially the people espousing them publicly. I can tell you, I mentioned a few names in this lesson, and I assure you, I did just what I told you. This word has been in my heart for months, and even now I'm trying to tread lightly, okay? So this is not something new to me right now. I've been careful. I said, Lord, I don't want to do this. As, you know, that happens. I don't know if you do that, but I know I argue a lot with God. And, you know, the Bible does say in, in Scripture that, you know, come let us reason together. I'm pretty much sure that reasoning together with God, he's not changing his mind. I obviously have to change. But I have like Habakkuk, I have argued with God, and I have said, God, I don't want to do that. I don't think it's right. You make fun of, you know, a lot of times we make fun of Jonah, but, you know, we we are that way too. And uh, hopefully I don't get thrown into the belly of a big fish. But anyway, so I, I've made this a matter of prayer for at least a couple months, and if not a little bit longer. And I believe this is the word that he gave me. So, and just gave me the context of uh, maiming biblical cognitive dissonance. Uh, we can call that what BCD, I think. Yeah, we can do that because I like acronyms. How about you? Um, in any event, a word that I, a phrase I'm trying to stop saying. Ah, <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I am resting in the fact that God will sort these things out as He always does. Um, I just said that I am resting that fact and withhold my strongest criticisms for the doctrines that are off 
leading people astray rather than their advocates. So I'm going to stay more in line with saying this doctrine or that doctrine or this teaching or that teaching is off and give the scriptures to support that. I'm not necessarily going to give the examples of people and give you names, name names, even though I very well could. I, I'm going to be dealing with uh, with some teaching about uh, healing, which is, seems to be a, um, a controversial topic with some. Uh, I'm going to deal with that uh, shortly here. I'm not quite sure when I'm going to do it, but uh, I'm going to take, take a long, hard look at that and find out what a, a balanced and biblical view of that is. Uh, but um, but I'm going to do that. I'm not going to name names in it. I'm going to try my best to avoid and just stick with Scripture on it. Um, so <clears throat> it would be easy to name names, but discerning Christians can connect the dots on their own. I can mention this generically. I just happen to use one person's uh, name who's pretty prominent. But again, like I said, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I, I hesitated to do that, but I felt I had to because it was a good example. But um, anyway, though, I, I, I made my case pretty clear. Uh, and now here's something else. Learning discernment need not start a war of words about other believers. Let Holy Spirit point out those people who, for whatever reason, went off the rails, whether in big or small ways, and then let him give you the words to pray about them and stay, uh, stay there unless otherwise told to act. In doing so, you will keep the faith without dividing the body of Christ needlessly, needlessly. And unity is the one thing we need now more than ever. So um, without belaboring the point, I think I've told you what you need to do. Yes, there'll be people that are off. Yes, they may be suffering from biblical cognitive dissonance. And, um, you know, they may be, you know, what we want to do is we want to put out scripture there, even if it's somebody who believes that, and then say, look, you believe this, and the board says this, Watch, figure it out. I didn't get into all the psychology of the whole thing, but in uh, in cognitive dissonance, uh, they often say that you have some choices to make. When faced with the truth, you have to find out if you know what you need to do. Oftentimes, you need to change it. And if you find yourself believing it more than twice, you have to find out why you went for that, uh, because the truth will, in this case, maybe not in cognitive dissonance uh, situations, the truth will set you free and then find out what you need to do. Now, in biblical circles, we're talking about people, like I said before, pray, pray more, pray a lot more, and then let Holy Spirit tell you what to do next. Do that, and don't go public until you're absolutely certain God wants you to do that as far as names go. You can mention it. If you want to go public, make sure that you've got all your biblical ducks in a row, and make sure that you don't mention names unless God specifically tells you to. In any event, I said it twice again. I'm not very good at just stopping these phrases. Like I said before, and unity is the one thing we need now more than ever. Trust me on this. Churches are being split and divided because the enemy knows if they all unify, the devil can't handle it. You think the onslaught of, of evil is bad now, it's only going to get worse. But the church triumphant and the church unified can do more than offset the wave. They can push it back and send out a wave of righteousness that will overwhelm any wave of unrighteousness. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you that you're allowing us to be able to do the things we need to do, to speak when we need to speak, and also, Holy Spirit, to keep our, our mouths shut 
when we need to keep our mouths shut, to tame our tongue and only say what we need to say about whom we need to say it and when we need to say it and as long as we need to say it. Give us that control. Give us the wisdom to know what to do and give us the ability to speak clearly without bias, without without uh, hatred and uh, maintaining the unity of the body and the spirit of truth. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, let me check over here. Good evening. Good evening. Well, we got people saying good evening here a lot. Uh, not any questions. Um, now, usually we would go over to a Google chat. I don't believe that's going to work tonight, but I'm going to try it anyway. Let me go ahead and put the, um, the information up here if I can find it. Uh, maybe we don't have that. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. We don't have it. So let me go over here and see if it's still in there. Uh, well, I could put that up. Um, Tom is out of, he's, he's working late. So I know that's, um, that's what's going on here. Trying to find it. I know it's in here somewhere. Guess it isn't. So if you still have the Google link from those of you that got the email, if you've got the link, uh, the Google link, the Google meet link, I'm going to go ahead and try and get in there. Like I said before, I'm not too confident that that's going to happen. But if Tom is, you know, is able to, he'll let us in. Otherwise, that's all we're going to get tonight. So for those that are not going to try the Google link to see us in Google Meet where we can talk and converse back and forth. Uh, for those that aren't going to do that, let me just say thank you for joining us once again for another edition of God's News and the News, Current Events Biblical Perspective. I'll see you next time.